I think and Curry's like, size limits him to being that player, right? It's just the right, fact that he's right. six what six three and Durant seven foot. That's pretty right. much. I think that's what it comes down to. But yeah, right. They need someone who can just run in the high post and like isolate and can also make reads often and, too. And that does, but that but that and like the thing is that doesn't make Kevin Durant better than Stephen Curry. Like that no. just makes him better right. for what they needed. <laughs> right. But I mean, I think I don't know. I think it's pretty clear based on everything that we've seen that you you should take Steph if you want to build a team you should take Durant in certain situations and I'm not arguing that but just the way that Steph can elevate a team and his teammates I mean it's pretty clear from watching it's pretty clear from everything that we've seen that I mean you see the on off numbers you see the record with and without and, and you see you see all this stuff but you just watch them play, and there's just a different energy when Steph's on the court because he, the way that he plays gets everyone involved. He's constantly moving off ball. He's constantly – I mean, he's he's a point guard. He's setting screens for half the damn possessions. He's always, he's always moving. He's always passing, and that's the way guys like to play. And when you feed it to Durant down low, I'm not saying that you can't do that because obviously you need to do that. We saw that a lot versus Houston last year. But I think the way that Steph plays is it elevates an entire team, whereas the way that KD plays is really just good for certain circumstances. I'm not saying that they... It's it's a balance, right? It's a balance. Like, like you need... need, The the thing with, like, these ISO scorers, right? So, like, these all-time great scorers, like a, a Kobe, Jordan, Durant, Kawhi, Dirk, whoever Duncan. like yeah <laughs> like like <laughs> if if you it, it is it's it's the most valuable like single skill i think but if you rely on it too much that's a problem but like it's also unrealistic to expect cutting constantly and ball movement right. and all this shit like that doesn't work all the time either you need both like you can't you can't just be this amazing ball movement team and then just or like just be this ISO scoring team, right? Like you need to have both of those elements. And I think really what Durant gave them was like the most overqualified version of that. Like they needed that that little bit more of like, well, this position pos- possession went to shit. Like, look, we just need to throw it into somebody and get a bucket. Like they needed that because their version of that was like Harrison Barnes. Um you know, yeah, like, that's, that wasn't going to work anymore. Like they, but they probably could have threw in. Well, Melo doesn't play defense, but you know, someone like even like that year, Melo, like kind of does right. that that job for them. But Melo doesn't play defense, so that wouldn't have worked. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. Durant, Durant's defense is another thing too that gets like wildly well, hyped Durant's up, defense, and it's okay. It's overrated, but it's not bad. I think well, that's he's not. He's not for, like you're. You're not targeting Kevin Durant on defense, right? Like you're no. not like, whoa, we're just going to go at him, but. He's also like you know people talk about like oh you know he's gonna he, he's like a potential all NBA defense guy like no, no he is no. he's never been that guy and he never will be like trying hard being good for like five or six minutes when your foot when it's like crunch time or something that isn't like that no. doesn't mean that you're an all NBA defender like that's not how that works. No, do you want some uh some Curry and Durant numbers in terms of like true shooting and stuff? It's actually pretty interesting. So for Curry, his career true shooting is, I just had it, oh crap, was it 
62.3 for the regular season. And then there is a drop off of just to 60.9 in the playoffs. So he's still above 60% true shooting, both in the regular season and playoffs. Durant during the playoffs was, oh no, because I got to keep scrolling. It's at 59.7. And then in the regular season, his true shooting is 61.3. So there isn't like that much of a drop-off between the two. You've got to separate def- out the, the Golden State years, though, man. Because the Golden State years for him are just like, I don't know. They, I mean, how many double teams was Durant seeing? Like, you couldn't double team it. So, yeah, that's pretty... I'm trying to look right now. So, in the uh, playoffs... So in, he was 57 oh, we don't and a half before, before Golden State. Like, Oh, yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because Golden and, State, he's super... Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I hate just saying like the situation stuff but like for example curry you know curry before kd came along had back to back you know he was 60.7 in 2014-15 and 60.3 uh in 2015-16 when he totally choked and sucked and was the worst player ever um like that that was the first that was the two years they made it to the finals before durant and then after they got durant it goes up for it like 65.9 then he has a weird yeah. You know, sixty. He had like like really long shooting slump in that in twenty seventeen eighteen in the playoffs. I remember for him anyway for Curry, uh, shooting slump. But yeah, he was sixty five point nine, fifty nine, and then sixty two last year. So like, I mean, everybody, their numbers are so juiced with that team, and is just very, you know. I the, the, the ultimately though the the big takeaway is that when they added Durant, like player like it's not just a skill to be a number one like. Like it is actually there is a skill to being a number two or a number three, and like mm-hmm. Curry and Clay could scale down and and or like not even necessarily scale down, but change the diet of shots they're getting. Um, whereas somebody like Harden, like Harden, they added Chris Paul and his usage went up. You know, like that, which is fucking. That's why, like, I I hate the argument of like, oh well, just if Harden played for Golden State, he'd have rings too. Like. I mean, he probably would have a ring by now, but like, they wouldn't be as successful. Yeah, like, they, I think the only thing the only thing that would be is whether or not James Harden still plays how James Harden currently does if he's with the Warriors, because the Warriors, as much as everyone likes to call the you know the triangle dead, but they play like a very modified, modern version of the idea of high post, tons of off ball. Action. Yeah, I mean, so all I the think... all the split cut stuff they do is straight from the triangle. They just right. So like, I think. Yeah, that's all they really did. So I think if Harden is act like running, like everyone ran that system, even when Durant was there, like until they're like, all right, Durant, we need you to ISO. So I don't know. Like the, basically, the question is, does Durant actually become a more diverse scorer like Curry is if he's playing I for them? That's a, I, think I don't know point, either. At some point, like you just have to put it on Harden, though, right? Like exactly. I no, no, system, I'm with you. It would be interesting to see if he develops. He pretty much has super bad habits right now, right? So the question is whether or not he develop these bad habits and he probably still does right like he he could still just take these shots he's that good like he adheres to this philosophy and i think that's that's definitely on him i just wonder how much of the environment affects it like i just i, I don't i don't know so yeah i mean when, when you're talking just going back to like the idea of scoring like you know uh what you look at like i i am being trying to be like as objective as i can be about james harden but like what playoff run did he have where you were like 
this was such a memorable stretch of dominating like scoring performances from him. And I just don't have that memory of him. Whereas like I, I just remember I don't, even, I don't even really have it with with KD like before goal. I mean, I, I guess the Golden State stuff, yes, I for sure. But like like I said, I I don't think that's comparable for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, like we barely talked about LeBron on this, but like LeBron, who I don't consider to be like this super diverse, awesome, like legendary scorer. But, like, LeBron has had runs like that, right? Like, LeBron has mm-hmm. had multiple runs like that where he's just carried and, like, dominated. Like, I think that um that run to the finals they had the first year he went back to Cleveland. Like, that's – he was really struggling from three in that playoffs. I think, like, I mean, he was shooting, like, fucking 10% or something for a while from three. But, like – he was taking those shots. He was taking a lot of bad shots because he had to take a lot of bad shots. Even in that finals, um, like, you know, his, his fucking efficiency was probably shit. But, like, that's kind of what I mean when I mean, when I'm saying, like, it, and I think that's what we're all kind of hinting at where, like, even when we're saying, like, Durant, the true shooting drop, like, yeah, okay, that, these are just, like, us looking at very broad baseline things to, yeah, to we're- pick, like, <laughs> But, like, if you look, I'm sure if you go through the, the situations, there are times where, like, he had to take a shit ton of bad shots. Like, so that's going to that's gonna hurt him efficiency-wise. And, like, the th- like, Harden refuses to take bad shots. So, like, to me, I don't even know how you can put him in the conversation with players that are willing and able to take those shots. Because it's it's a fucking crime that he's able to take those shots but refuses to. You know, that is right. just shitty to me. Whereas, like, a guy like... But he, but he won't get punished in his box score, right? Whereas somebody like Kawhi will take bad shots because he has to, because that's his responsibility as the best player on the team. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, apparently it doesn't hurt his fucking efficiency for some reason. Um, but, you know, like, generally speaking, that that kind of is how it applies. And, like, when you... I'm really excited for this Jordan documentary because... Like, that 98 season, people had this idea that, like, again, this is, like, the retro retrospective bullshit that people do. Like, oh, of course they were always going to win. Like, Pippen missed half that season. Um, you know, he had back issues the entire fucking season. Like, their second lead, like, to, off the top of your head, who was their second leading scorer? I couldn't tell you. Because I'm not even looking. I'm assuming it was Kukoc in the time that I, Pippen was up. I always say Kukoc, but, I mean, I don't. I don't understand the whole narrative that those that the second three P team was stacked. I mean, the the first one wasn't either. Yeah, like Horace Grant. I don't think any of the Bulls teams were stacked. They were stacked because they had Michael Jordan. Like that's and and then Scottie Pippen was also the perfect complement to that too, and how they just played. But yeah, it was just like they didn't really have players. Even though it sucks, these suck. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like, Horace Grant as your number three, like, he was the third option. Are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> like, your third option in the second 3 Pete is Kukoc? Are you kidding? Like, you're talking, like, people talk about these teams, like, they have just loaded to the gill with, like, these superstars. And, like, yeah, Rodman's a Hall of Famer, for sure, but it's not because he was carrying the scoring load. No, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> he did so much of the dirty work. Like, I know it sounds yeah. really stupid for some people, like, for me to say this, but, like, if you have NBA 2K... Go, like, use those, like, old Bulls teams, right? Like, just try to play with them. 
and just kind of look at the idea of like, if you're not giving the ball to Jordan and Pippen 90% of the time, you're not going to win the game. Like even in like 2K, like the teams and aren't stacked. And like, early, early 90s for, for, for Pippen because in, in the second 3P, Pippen was nothing to, to write home about offensively. Right, um, no, exactly. It was just yeah. more of like that was the first, like the first 3P was like, it's just Pippen and Jordan. Yeah. The second 3P is Jordan. Yeah, exactly. And in um in the ninety seven run, Rodman, I think he got suspended for for multiple games, but he did not play every single run, and he averaged like under thirty minutes a game. Um, in that yeah, for the ninety seven playoffs. Here, I gotta pull that. Yeah, so for the nineties, yeah, ninety seven playoffs, he plays twenty eight <laughs> minutes a game, yeah. and he averaged eight rebounds, like. Yeah, I mean, great. <laughs> like this is supposed to be your super team, and he's averaging four points and eight rebounds in twenty-eight minutes. Not even playing every game. Even but in ninety-eight, he's averaging five and twelve. Like twelve rebounds is great, but five and twelve, like that's what you're getting out of this guy. Yeah, that's your whole like. And he only started nine games, so like he wasn't like this. He wasn't even a nailed-on starter. <laughs> no. Jesus, Christ. like I, I'm even thinking about it, just like. When you think of, like, even when you do the offense, right? We talk about, like, the triangle offense a lot. Like, it's a post-heavy offense where fucking Luke Long- Longley and, uh, like, Bill Cartwright are the centers. And it's just, like, that's, like, the two of the, like, worst possible centers you kind of want in that offense, too, right? Like, you actually want, like, the perfect running of it was, like, that, uh, the 2000 Lakers. Like, that was the best version of it because you have Shaq who could pass. That, I, I, and, for me, that's still the best team I've ever watched. Yeah, it's just, like. Yeah, it's just like it's just kind of funny to think like in that like era in that type of offense, the Bulls didn't even have a post presence, and they still were like running that offense really well. And it's and it it was it was all Jordan. I, I it's it's just kind of crazy. Just yeah, just was... looking at like his teammates' deficiency, the type of defense that he had to go up against, not in like in just like a weird type of way. Because we were mentioned this before we started recording, but uh, '90s defense was like really weird. Right, like they just well, threw double teams at people well, for no reason, they, and then no. Yeah, they didn't have oh, the, they didn't have the, they didn't have like the spacing or shooting to kind of punish you for that. And then, I mean, there's also like the illegal defense rules, so the the double teams are a lot more like telegraphed than they are now. Right, where they're and like defensive three seconds back then. Right. Yeah. So you could you could like you know, and the thing is like because teams always had a big man on the court, like. Your big guy could kind of like if he was Stay smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he was smart, he could just kind of. And like, here's like the thing with all these those rules, like illegal defense and now defensive three in the key. The secret is that if you do it every possession, they're not going to call it every possession. Like they're yeah, not. So so you just risk that and live with it. And like you know, back then you could just do that. You could like that if you look at some of the block numbers too. So if you look at like David Robinson and and Hakeem. Like they have yeah, seasons <laughs> that are just like ridiculous with blocks. I think I think I want to say R- Robinson has like a multiple four block seasons. Like yeah, it was like back to back too. I'll look it up right now. But he has insane block numbers for a stretch. Yeah, yeah. it's just even you like Ewing had monster block. Yeah, so so David oh, Robinson. Yeah, I have, yeah, his I have first his Robinson numbers. three years. First three years, three point nine blocks, three point nine blocks, four point five blocks per game. Like what <laughs> the hell? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, per game. Four and a half blocks per game. 
and and I mean, and then, you know, when you're talking about the scores, I think big men always get screwed in this discussion because they're just like aesthetically not as pleasing. Um, but like, you know, if you're talking about like, you know, a guy to just get me buckets and win me games, like Hakeem is, I think he might be like the most criminally underrated player in the history of the NBA. Um, he's just like, like the playoff run. And I think Dalton, I'm pretty sure you've talked about this a lot on Twitter, but like the 90, I think, is it, is it the 95 run? That's just like ridiculous. Well, the 94 and the 95 runs are both ridiculous. So Hakeem, Hakeem gets shit on a lot because he had a, a number of first round exits after the Samson injury. But then you look at 94 and they go through the trailblazers with Clyde. They go through the Suns with Barkley and the Jazz with Stockton and Malone, obviously, all in the Western Conference playoffs. And then they um, unfortunately beat our Knickerbockers in, in the NBA Finals that year. But so Hakeem doesn't really have anybody on the team. There's no other all star. There's no other Hall of Famer. Yeah, I know Kovic is, is going to be a Hall of Fame coach now, but he, he really wasn't considered that great of a coach back then. So that was like one who of the was their num- who was their number two was their number two Vernon Maxwell? It was I either Maxwell or Kenny Smith, but it was like it wasn't really or no, I think it was like Robert Ori off the bench actually. He became like the focal point when he oh, came yeah. in. So, so you had <laughs> yeah, it's something well, stupid like that. There's Thorpe. And Hakeem. Yeah, so Hakeem he wins MVP defensive player of the year this year, and then the playoffs. He leads his team to the championship and leads them in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. <laughs> he leads them in all five categories. He leads the team in assists as a center. Yeah, and then, that's ridiculous. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's just stupid. And then, and then the ninety, I think the ninety-five season. This is what everyone likes to talk about because they face just stacked competition. So. They played the Stockton and Malone Jazz 61 team in the first round. Good Lord. Malone, I mean, sorry, they played the, the Barkley Suns 59 win team. They came back 3 1 in that series, I think. Sorry? I think they came back either like 2 0 or 3 1 down in that series, too. Wait, did they? I think they did. That sounds yeah. actually funny now that you're saying. Yeah, they were down 3 1. They were down, so they're, they lose. They get smacked in the first two games, 130-108, 118-94. Then game three, they they smoke Phoenix. But then Phoenix wins game four on the road, 114-110. So Houston ends up winning game five on the road, 103-97. They win game six at home, 116-103. And then they win. I got to watch this game. Jesus. They win game seven on the road, 115-114. Yeah, that sounds like a good game. I've I've seen that. That's a that's a great game. That's um. You guys heard of the the kiss of death? Oh yeah, Mario Ellie. That's that's a Mario Ellie yeah. game. That's that game. Hated Mario Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> but that's but yeah. So they they played them in the second round, and then they played the the Spurs, the the famous series where Hakeem just absolutely destroys David Robinson. Right. And then they sweep, and then they sweep Shaq and Penny after Nick Anderson misses four free throws. So that, I mean, they they won forty seven games that year. They were sixth seed, and that was a lot because Hakeem missed time and Clyde came to the team late. But there's never been a team that played more than 
I, I think it, I think it's more than two 57 win teams um, in a single playoff run, and they played four of them. So I mean, That's this was the, high, was like the highest level of competition you, they could have possibly played. And yeah, so they, yeah, they beat they beat two 60 win teams, and then they beat a 59 win uh, Phoenix team and a 57 win Orlando team, which is that is ridiculous. Suns and the Suns that they won fifty they won fifty nine games but Barkley missed twenty games. Jesus, yeah, Ken, I think uh, Kevin Johnson had like a really good season that year, and Kevin Johnson missed damn near half the season. So that yeah. that's realistically that's like that's like essentially four sixty one teams you're talking about, and they beat them all in one playoff run, and that's with Hakeem being the greatest scorer on the planet, probably the best rebounder him or David Robinson, and he's the best defender. So, I mean, those two championship runs do more to elevate his legacy than probably any other two rings. Yeah, I say. Also, Drexler. Drexler probably uh, pretty underrated in the all-time discussion, too. Like, I, I think you, there, who Josh Eberle yesterday on Twitter was like, oh, yeah, if, if Jordan got drafted by Portland, there's no way he's winning six titles. Like, yeah, yeah, man. You know, Jordan and Drexler, no chance. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was actually looking up because I was so I, I I mentioned that I was watching that um the Bulls close out Portland so that game six in ninety two. I was just watching that because I hadn't watched much of that series ever before, other than like the shrug game. Um and like Drexler is basically Pippin size. So he was a yeah, two guard. Basically. He was a two guard, but like, you know, he wasn't he was a big two he, guard. Yeah, I, I was looking it up, so I looked it up after Pippin at least according to basketball reference. So I don't know how accurate this is, but it seemed pretty accurate. Six, seven, 210 pounds. Clyde Drexler, six, seven, 210 pounds. Um, yeah. You know, like it would have been fine and it would have been great. Like people don't realize how good Drexler, Drexler had like a stretch where he was, he was basically weighed. Like he was, he was 25, seven and six for like a, his five year peak, five, six year peak. And they were a really good team. Like they made two finals and then the year in between that he didn't make the finals, they lost to the Lakers in Game Seven in the Western Conference Finals. Like, they that was a really really good uh, Blazers team. So like that's like, like Jordan probably wins sooner in his career if he joins that team because they had Kersey, they had Drexler, they had they would have had Jordan, and then they would have had um, you know they like Terry Porter and shit like that. Like that was a really good team. Yeah, that you wouldn't hear about. Oh, they had to wait till the Pistons got older. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jordan. Bird in his in his prime. Well, he he would have done all that shit if he if he got dropped to the to the Blazers. I mean, geez. those are right. my favorite arguments though against Jordan because it always makes like a lot of Jordan people who like super take these discussions seriously. They lose their shit when you say stuff like that, and I just always find it funny in like a troll element and be like, yeah, no, they he had he waited for Larry Bird to break his back before so, Jordan could do anything. So like <laughs> the, the funny the thing that I always go back to with those arguments is like if you are. If your argument for like, you know, because this, this basically it ends up being like LeBron versus MJ, right? Um, so like if your argument, like every argument for LeBron involves creating hypothetical alternate universes where things break in his favor, um, like during his career. And then also in and then also like involve like putting down Jordan's career, whereas like the argument for Jordan is just like his career. It just yeah, this right. is what he did. That's it. Like you don't need to do anything with LeBron to make the argument for Jordan because 
Jordan, like basically, he had he played thirteen seasons with the Bulls, right? Um, and is it thirteen seasons with the Bulls or was it eleven seasons with the Bulls? It was like with the Wizards. 80, 86, He he played like whatever twenty games because he broke his foot, and then ninety five he only played for like seventeen games because he came back from retirement. Right, right. So, so I mean, you know this. Is- there's an error. There's an alternate universe where Jordan's foot injury like really fucks him up because that's when the '80s when no medical things were ever like, <laughs> you know, good like a torn. I mean, ACL. they had to stop him. They had to like they. He wanted to come back way sooner than he even did, and like <laughs> it was like this big point of contention because the like Reinsdorf was like, dude, like, like I get it. You are literally our franchise, so <laughs> Shit, like please relax. Please yeah. relax. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, that, it, it's. It's like even so, like even with Hakeem, like Hakeem made the finals his second year in the NBA, I think. Um, yeah, and like yeah, and like and then Samson gets hurt, and you know whatever. But like they beat, like Hakeem beat peak Magic, you know, like that happened. That was a real peak, thing. <laughs> peak, they won. They won a championship the year before and after. I mean, and no one ever thinks about that. And and they they beat them, and I think it was. And they beat them in five. Like he, yeah, they he, smacked them. He came into the into the league ready to win. And I mean, he had. I mean, Hakeem's career is just depressing sometimes if you look at it. So, well, like they had that I, that team had like all these guys that dropped out of the league because they got addicted to cocaine. Yeah, no, so, they yeah. had a lot of problems, and Hakeem was just on his own. So this this is this is one of my favorite points. So eighty seven. Um, second round, Sonics versus Rockets. Hakeem in game six with his team, like they're they're this elimination game for them. And the game goes to double overtime. He has 49 points and 25 rebounds, and they lose. And like this is just like a thing for them. Like next year, game four, elimination game, Hakeem, 40 points, 15 rebounds, they lose. So it's mm-hmm. like I- Look, I'm I'm just as much about championships. Like it's obviously the most important thing in all of basketball, in all of sports. But I think Hakeem is a very special case. And I actually said this. I said I think Hakeem's career is what LeBron's would have been had he never left Cleveland the first time. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, probably. It's actually really interesting and. Also, just I think people don't realize too when it comes to championships. There's been a little more excuse making lately, but like, there, remember there was a point in like Dirk's career, career where we're just like he's super overrated, right? Just the fact that he won—he's a choke. He's a choke, right? Like just because he won that one title, he he became elevated again, right? Like I find that really interesting too. Like the idea, like people don't sometimes realize how important championships are because Dirk before was like overrated, a choke artist. He can't he can't be anyone and then now he won his title and he's pretty much like top what 20 player of all time or whatever it is yeah. and i think that's something like harden kind of needs to do to really secure his legacy as like one of the better like shooting guards of all time like he he does need to win a title just to kind of like erase so much of it like he needs to go on like one of those dirk runs so so like the thing is and i, I don't people probably i don't know a lot of, i don't know if anybody here disagrees with this but i'm sure a lot of people would disagree with this like i think dirk right now is pretty comfortably if you're doing an all-time i I think he's in a separate tier like a tier above a kevin durant to me because like yes durant has two titles and dirk only has one but like that one title is worth a lot to me and i feel this way about hakeem too like 
I think certain titles mean more. Um, and like Dirks means a lot because like that's another all time. Like they beat a bunch of stacked teams. Like they took out the two time defending champ Lakers in the second round. Then they, they take did. out young OKC in five games. Um, then they obviously they take out the Heatles. Uh, and like even the first round series, I think that Blazers team was pretty good. Uh, Brent, shout out to Brandon Roy, random yep. blast from the past game in that series. Um, but like it's, it's like an all time run. And then you also just look at the quality of his teammates. It's a lot like Hakeem. We're like, yeah, sure. Kid is a hall of famer. Obviously we know that, but like he wasn't, wasn't that Jason kid. kid. Yeah. It wasn't that Jason kid. And, and you know, they, just have, they had, they had good like role players around him. Like they had good guys to, to fill in the blanks. They had Sean Marion, yeah. obviously really good defender. Good Terry. Shoot. They had, yeah, Terry, we all oh, can he stop Jason Terry. You know about that. <laughs> Yeah, but the funny part was these were always like these weren't like prime players. Like it wasn't like their prime either, right? This wasn't yeah. Atlanta Hawks, Jason Terry. This wasn't Phoenix Suns, Sean Marion. It Yo, wasn't. Didn't they, didn't they have Brian Cardinal on that team? They did. <laughs> the, fuck, <laughs> was the janitor. This is the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think Harden would have to go on that type of run. He needs one. Like, if he gets one, it changes. It changes the entire discussion about his career. And like, as much as I shit on Harden, like. He could definitely win a title. It's not like this inconceivable thing. Um, and I don't I, know, maybe like, the roster kind of, is really weird. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think I disagree to the point where if Houston's going to continue playing the way that they do, I don't think they'll ever win a title. I think they fundamentally need to re, like redo who they are. Like I think D'Antoni's probably better off going to the like the Suns seven seconds or less type of offense compared to this more of this like isolation, um, very heavy analytics type of movement. Like I don't think Harden's ever going to, I don't think you can win when you have that level of when you monopolize the offense that much. I don't, I don't think it's going to work. And I think only LeBron is kind of the exception to that because LeBron is like that good. LeBron. Right. Like yeah. that's kind of like, that's really it. Cause like LeBron's LeBron. And I don't know if that really because everything else when you look at the history of champions and even LeBron, he, even I, LeBron has not played. Even LeBron does not play, like. Yes, he's ball dominant, like highly, but he doesn't play like that to me. Like I don't think he no, plays no, no. like at all. He's no, still he's not, looking for his teammates. He always wants the best shot possible. Where Harden, he wants the best analytic shot possible, and that's not always the best shot at every single given time. Because the analytic yeah. shots are the best shot according to the larger mean, not the micro level shot itself. Well, like, I think it's, it's more impressive, like fundamentally, as a, like looking at scores. It's more impressive to me that you know Kawhi or LeBron or like you know it's more impressive to me that LeBron has like whatever a sixty true shooting than Harden having a sixty two true shooting because LeBron is taking. A, a a much more difficult shot. He has a much more right. difficult shot distribution. So like his at like I don't know what his expected value is of you know the the percentages on the shots he's taking, but I would imagine it's much lower than the expected value of the shots that Harden is taking. I would, and I would like, agree with that. And and so like I don't know, I don't know I don't think either of you guys are into soccer, but like in soccer they do this they have this stat now called expected goals okay so like expected goals is basically 
every they it's like over thousands and thousands and thousands of games they've collated data and like every shot from every shot location has a value assigned to it right during the course of a game so like okay. so that you know you you add that up at the court uh, over the game, course of a game and so like a shot from 25 yards out if it's on target if you're just looking at a basic box score it'll say that's a shot on target right but like expected goals adjust for the fact that that's not a particularly like high value chance so it has a much lower expected value than like a shot from six yards out so okay. like i don't know if they they don't have this publicly available at least i'm sure nba teams probably have stuff like this but like they don't have stuff like that <clears throat> publicly available but i would be very interested to see something like that collected and then adjusted for players over the course of their career right because like i think you would get a much stronger appreciation for um older like the older generations of players and scorers right because they i mean like you talk about someone like jerry west even right you go way back they didn't even have a three-point shot you know like he didn't have a three-point shot half the time so he's taking like 25 footers that are just worth two points points. (laughs) yeah and and like that's you know that it's it's so I, I really think that if you do that, you would start to have such a larger appreciation for somebody like Kobe. And, you know, if you could have a larger appreciation for somebody like Jordan or like Bird and all these guys were like, you know, they were taking like Bird's numbers are fucking ridiculous considering the fact that he, you know, he didn't shoot it. If he played now, he'd take way more threes, obviously. Um, but like, you know, it, it's funny when people say, well, Bird's like a plumber when all this shit was just stupid, right? But like, if you look at his stats, man, and I'm not saying I, I I don't think I think LeBron is better than Bird, right? But if you just look at like his peak stats and compare it to LeBron, they're like the same thing. You can, very, you can have a conversation about Bird and LeBron for sure. Yeah, I, I think I think it's like a lot. It's a lot closer than people want to admit, just because it's like it's like Bird gets a lot of meme stuff now, where it's like like you know one I've seen on Twitter now is like. Oh, Durant would just he would give Larry Bird work. And it's like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, yeah, I mean, he'll give him he'll give him work, but Bird's gonna give him work too. Does it matter? Like, yeah. I, like I've never understood it. It's just, it's just it's like subtle, like almost like racism against like these these like white. That's these, exactly like, what it is. That's exactly it's what like, it is. If Bird is not like, who says that about Magic Johnson? Nobody. No, nobody would say that no. about, about Magic Johnson. Nobody says no. it, like. We all know what is happening there, right? Like we know what it is. If Bird was like just the same exact player, but was, you know, he if he was black, he'd probably get a lot. Like there would there wouldn't be this like he's a plumber and he couldn't play in this era because of all these athletes thing. Like that that would not exist. Yeah. No, it, I think it also cuts the other way too, where sometimes they get a little more hype. Like I think Kevin McHale gets like super overhyped for certain things. I think it's mainly because like. He's white too, hype? right? Is there hype? Gail gets well, hype? Well, <laughs> do you, no, do you know where he gets hype? You know where oh, he gets hype. Oh, yeah. Boston, like, where you live. Like, do you not hear, like, Bill Simmons talk about how, like, Kevin McHale is, like, the greatest player of all time, that type of stuff? <laughs> well, like, that's what Boston people do. Like, I think it cuts both ways. That's all I'm saying. Because you're right. Because you'll see, like, there was a meme on, like, Twitter of, it was, like, Jordan was posting up some uh, white guy and they're like look at this plumber and that plumber happened to be like dan marley right yeah, <laughs> it's yeah like yeah, yeah. yeah and it's just like yeah no dan marley was like really good and really athletic and really strong so like i do think 
I think that obviously plays a role in it. I do think it also cuts the other way too, where sometimes you just kind of forget they get a little, they get a little overhyped too. Ooh, I think Kevin you know, Love was like that, right? Because Kevin, because everyone's like, oh my god, Kevin Love, he's just putting up numbers and he all finished, this great stuff. He finished third and, in MVP voting. His team didn't even make the playoffs. I'll never understand that. Right. So yeah, like Kevin Love, like gets like that. So it, oh, man, like white people in the NBA, it's such a bizarre. It's such a. I think that's like its own podcast where we're just like diving it. Like that is. It's really weird. Well, Matt Nash got an MVP because of that too. One of his his second MVP was shouldn't. Oh yeah, it definitely wasn't an MVP. But, but uh, fact, yeah. he wasn't gonna win that MVP. Then it should have gone to the other white guy. Oh, is that is that Dirk? I think I think Dirk had a pretty good argument for that for 06. Was that was it? Didn't Kobe have a lot? Was that Kobe's no, like thirty five point Kobe. season? Yeah, that was yeah. Kobe's MVP year. See, I, I look. I think I think that Kobe probably had the best season, and I I tweeted out a stat about this last week, and it was like, while Kobe was on the floor, they had like what would be the the third best offense in the league, and then Kobe was off the floor, they had like the third they had the third worst offense like ever, like literally like <laughs> since the murder. So I, I'm not I'm not gonna say that Kobe had like I think Kobe probably had the biggest impact, but I'm just against giving guys win games like in the 40s i don't believe that that's mvp like i think i think kobe had the best season but i mean giving a guy on a, on a, on a you're, 40 you're saying like the stakes need to be you need to be playing for higher stakes yeah exactly i think and that's why i think dirk probably deserved it that year because they won 60 games um I, no six was, and, was that was that the that was the year they went to the finals and lost right yeah i guess the yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think at some point you do have to consider the circumstances, right? Like we kind of like I just mentioned, like his the third best score on that team was like Smush Parker. So like, yeah, I I do think like that also brings into a whole other like podcast on what it actually means to be an MVP because I I, I think when you actually look at it, when you talk about like impact on the court, I that kind of does matter. So like if even if it's like a forty win team, if they be you know. If they're like the worst team in history without them, I there's a lot of value there. But that's that's an entirely different discussion. Yeah, I'd say it's hard to and it's hard to to differentiate because I mean there are guys like um would be a good example of this. Maybe maybe even Kevin Love will say prime Kevin Love. You take a bad team and you make them serviceable, you make them decent. Yeah, they won like forty two games one year, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they won't they won't you won't be at the bottom of the lottery, but you'll you probably won't make the playoffs or be an eight seed. And then you have a guy like who's the complete opposite of that, Draymond. And Draymond <laughs> will take your team from being fifty wins in the second round out to being a sixty win contender because I think that's right. what he does. So I think yeah. it's it, it's difficult to to differentiate there because there's guys that make bad teams and there's guys that make good teams great. Draymond yeah, guys- does more with like like Draymond helps elevate stars in a way that Love can't elevate stars, but Love can elevate like dudes Crappy. in a way that yeah, yeah. like Draymond, Draymond can't yeah. do. By the way, just real quick, Larry Bird's career is fucking insane. 13 seasons, 12 All-Stars, 10 All-NBA, uh two-time <laughs> Finals MVP, three-time MVP, three-time All-Defense. Uh, you know, unathletic white guy, uh, three-time champion, All-Star MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year. Like, 
basically he he won everything you could possibly win. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you think about it, Bird was Bird was insane because in the 88 playoffs, that's like when his back and his knees really started to go. Right. And he's still putting up numbers after that. Like in 88 was his best season. He's giving you 30 points on 50 40. That was his 50 40 90 year. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's his splits were 53 from the field, 41 and a half from 3. Uh, 91 and a half from the line, and he's giving you 39-6 with a steal and a half and just under a block, which is like, you know, like his, so his, he averages for his career 1.7 steals, 0.8 blocks. That's, that's LeBron's average for, that's his career average. So like, you know, I mean, I'm not, I don't, he, he was not the defender LeBron was at his peak, but well, like, there's, there's, there are two different defenders, right? right. Like LeBron was I mean, much better on the ball. Talking, yeah. Like, right. Larry Bird was like the elite off-ball help defender when you weren't really allowed to play help defense. Like Larry Bird's defense would be so much better in today's NBA than it would be the before. And I think LeBron's defense would actually be much better in the earlier version than it is now. Because I think because you're because you wouldn't be able to like get past LeBron in any sort of like you wouldn't be able to post him up. You wouldn't be able to yeah. blow by him. Seventy-five percent of the game is just ISOs. You know, LeBron would probably be pretty good on defense. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, he would be though. That's kind of the thing. Like, you wouldn't have to, because, like I said, we were mentioning this before. Like, off the uh, the air, we we're talking about the Suns and Sonics uh, Western Conference Finals Game Five, and the Sonics are basically like double teaming Barkley on the high post every single time, which creates like wide open shots. Even though no one's moving on the Phoenix offense either, which is even more insane. But like. If you threw LeBron on Barkley, like in that type of era, like you don't need to double team Charles Barkley. Yeah. Like I'm just like looking sh- at I'm just looking at Bird's fucking numbers, man. I've never actually sat down and looked at it. So like they win the chip in eighty six. His playoff numbers, he's at, he's putting up twenty six, nine, and eight with two steals. Like he's shooting he's giving you fifty is on fifty two, forty one, ninety three splits from the field too. Like <laughs> It's just his the the title in eighty four, twenty seven and a half, eleven and six with two point three steals, one point two blocks, and that's fifty two, forty one, eighty eight from the line. Like I don't, I, I it's it's very hard to say like a player that's u- universally regarded as a top ten player of all time is underrated, but. Yeah, Larry Bird is definitely underrated. Um, no, I think he's underrated because I don't think people also realize like he was that dominant in like that era, and he would be so much better in today's NBA, like significantly better, which oh, is yeah. even like which is absolutely insane to even consider like how much better he would be in today's NBA because it just it caters to him so much more. Just like I said, for defense and offense. No, go ahead. What were you saying, Dalton? Like eight threes a game, like. <laughs> Yeah, and he's he he's gonna and he's gonna shoot for like forty percent too for with even on the volume. So he literally like, averaged under two attempts, two two three three point attempts per <laughs> year, like which is ridiculous. That is, yeah. <laughs> and the, the thing that's crazy about Larry is that he really. So I was saying he he his back really started breaking down eighty eight playoffs. So you're talking really like nine full good seasons, yeah. seasons that he had, and he won three rings. Three consecutive MVPs, two Finals MVPs, and he's just dominating the league. Like the the '79 Celtics, the year before that he comes, they're 29 wins, 
And then you put Burr on that roster, they win 61 games, they go to the conference finals. Yeah, and I mean, like, McHale, McHale's a Hall of Famer for sure, but, like, you know, he he's really good, but, like, Robert Parrish was their third best player. Like, Parrish is, he's a Hall of Famer because he played with Larry Burr. You know, like, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's, yeah. That's the reality. Like, he's think, not a Hall of Famer. You know what's funny? I think that if you, if you look at the other side, so you look at the Lakers, I think James Worthy is without a doubt a Hall of Famer with or without Magic Johnson. So I think it's interesting that those teams were seen as like equals. But really, when you look at it, the Lakers were, the Lakers were more talented than the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, they had Kareem. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Worthy, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, who's probably a top five perimeter defender in history. Didn't and then Jamal Woods on that team? Earlier on, yeah, and Norm Nixon. Yeah, so, who are like numbers retired, Norm Nixon, like not just some dude, like legitimately yeah. a, a great player. Yeah, so the, those teams were stacked. I think the only real time the Celtics were more stacked might have been 86 when they had Bill Walton in the team. But even yeah, then, that he, was, he was older. I mean, Bill Walton always just like, he always just talks about like Larry Bird in the most deferential tone possible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's just like, there's so many great players in the NBA, in, in the history of the NBA, and like so many great scorers, but it's, you know, it's, it's really hard to value it properly. And I think like when we, it's I, I really get annoyed when we act like everything that's happening now is the most historic thing that's ever happened in the NBA. Um, when I really just think yeah. it's like the evolution of how the game is played is naturally like carrying numbers upward. So it, it leads to this kind of like and then like then there's all these like arbitrary benchmarks that people set. And then there's like there's also just like the fact that they'll just make up lie like they'll just post stats that are blatantly not true and shit like that um so i don't know it's it's a whole different it's a it's a very detailed discussion we got into here today but um yeah i don't know yeah we uh yeah we definitely went on tangents upon tangents upon tangents today i this may be probably a good place to uh end discussions we've been doing this for i don't even know how many feels like almost about two hours now yeah. i'd say so um you know what let's do you know what let's uh let's call it we packed a lot of things in here so uh, dalton what would you like to plug I, I, um I, if i get it if i get a free plug i guess i guess uh just go follow me on twitter kobe two underscores forever um you're a steph curry fan if you're a kobe fan you're gonna like me if you like lebron james you're not gonna like me <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, give me a follow. Uh, no, I'm cool. I'm cool with everyone. Unless unless you're an asshole, I'm I'm cool with you on Twitter. It's all it's all fun on there. So for sure, give me a follow. We'll talk some hoops. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. not a problem. Schwinn, you, again. Yeah, probably. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Schwinn, <laughs> what would you like to plug? <laughs> uh, nothing. Uh, we had uh, we dropped a piece on. Why the Knicks shouldn't trade for Donovan Mitchell in like the all likely scenarios. Um, earlier this week, we talked about that in a pod with uh, Macri last week, also, and uh, that's really all. Um, so yeah, do that. Just read that shit if you haven't. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, just listen to those podcasts. Kashwin and I did those. We did the articles with our with the homies. Think 
Um, the only thing I'm going to plug is um, I'm going to say Godless on uh, on Netflix. Oh yeah, awesome show. Like, yeah, just uh, just watch that show, man. It is it's fantastic. If you're big into westerns, they just they just get everything right, and it's just it. When westerns are done right, there's very few things in a uh, television or film <laughs> that are better than a properly done western. Yeah. So watch the Jordan Duck. Oh yes, that definitely watch that. Like that's gonna that's, this is gonna be so good. This Jordan documentary, <laughs> I can't wait to uh to watch it. And that's our show. See you until next week. <laughs>